Welcome to Revere Assets, Your Money, with Danny Stewart. You never know how far the stock is going to go down. Tim Razor. Danny knows I'm a geek for all of this stuff. And Don Vandenborg. Telling it like it is. If you're seeking the best stock knowledge this side of Wall Street, you've come to the right place. I'm sorry, did I steal your stuff? No, you didn't steal any thunder. Who's handling this segment? (laughs) For the next hour, Danny, Tim, and Don will be talking investing. Investing is 90% psychological, and I love that. Trades. The market will usually overshoot to the downside and to the upside. And dumpster fires. Because it doesn't matter what you think or what I think, and it matters even less what Danny thinks. And now, here's your hosts... Danny, Tim, and Don. Show, 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 show 400. Show 400. Show 400. Oh my God. So uh, I, I put on, I just tied this tie blindly. Uh, but, um, it looks good. Thank you. I have a tuxedo, tuxedo jacket on. Yes. Uh, this shirt is not a tuxedo shirt. And I have the uh, tag still on the jacket. So here's what happened. Uh, like four weeks ago, maybe five weeks ago, Zach says, hey, it's show 394. Hey, Zach. Hey. Zach on camera for the first I'm, time. Here I am. Yeah. And uh, oh, Meryl. On the podcast for the first time. <laughs> yeah, Meryl in the background. I that actually, is Meryl. That she's, is Meryl's She's head. fine. She's good. She doesn't need to. We don't need to, we don't need to bring her into this. No, she's, no. She's we're going to keep her yeah. above the fray here. So uh, he goes, hey, 394, 395. I'm like, yeah, we should do something big for 400. Yeah. And not tell Danny. Of course. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll wear a tuxedo. I got a tuxedo. He's yeah. like, you have a tuxedo? I'm like, yeah, I just have one because uh, a couple of years ago, I went to a Marine Corps ball, uh, an extension of the uh, Marine Corps League out here uh, in the Dallas area. And they said, hey, you want to come to the ball? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I went to the ball. I'm running the tux. I'm, while I'm running the tux, uh, I say to the fellow, I, I can probably just buy this cheaper, right? He goes, yeah, with the sale we have going on, I said, if I rent this tux, and then uh, will you knock off the rental fee if I buy one from you? Because I know you're working on commission. I don't yeah. want to help you out. He goes, we can do that. Yeah. And so I bought it from the fellow. He was super nice. And nice. then I haven't worn it. It's 2019, 20, 2019 is when I went to that ball because 2020 was a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Marine Corps ball, everyone knows, is November. And the Marine Corps birthday. Yeah. 1775, when the Marine Corps came alive in a bar in Philadelphia, Tun Tavern. And so uh, still has the uh, – I have not had an occasion to uh, have this thing tailored. Yeah. <laughs> so it's awesome. I, w- I wonder if the tuck salesman knew that. When Tiny he goes, like, where's your bow tie? I'm like, yeah, I didn't buy the bow tie. Well, this. I mean, that's, that's around, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah somewhere. Yeah. So, but here's the problem. Danny's not here. Danny's not here. No, Danny's not here. So the joke that like Danny was just going to show up, like what you don't see uh, from behind, yes, what you don't see from behind uh, the camera with Danny often is Danny's foot attire, which is Crocs. But they're not just like any Crocs; they're like hunting Crocs, like Crocs you would go hunting. It is, or, or it they're is ca- often Crocs. they're like camouflage Crocs, and I'm not making this up. Danny wear. <laughs> Boy, I really hope Danny's. The, but they're like camouflage. Now you don't think he's going to tune into no. this? No, <laughs> you didn't even miss a beat. He's, he's not missing a thing. No. no. Okay. So, uh, and then like Danny would just be dressed like Danny normally, right? Yeah. And then um, we'd be we'd here. all be dressed up in the whole. Up. But but Danny, 
went to his daughter's college graduation. Which, like, you know, that's a that's a fine reason to miss the show. That's an important thing. Like, uh, of course. Number 400, daughter graduating from Texas A&M. So anyway, Danny, Danny is not here. But here's the problem, Zach. And I didn't, I didn't clue anybody. I didn't clue Zach into this. This show is going to be a freaking bummer. It's going to be a serious show. Yeah. Like, no, 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 I'm not joking. Like, Danny, Danny had someone uh, recently come into his life, uh, and they've been corresponding. And he asked if we would address it on the show. Okay. And I, I was hesitant at first. I, you know, I didn't say this, this to him. Well, I did a little bit. I, look, uh, what's taking place, Zach, I don't know if you realize it, but I know Hunter and Don, of course, are acutely aware. Most everybody listening to us is acutely aware. Um, just how bad the market has gotten. Like the market right now is exhibiting, in my opinion, the year 2000 qualities to it. Mm. And um, I've got some stats, but I want to go to, uh, let me show you this real quick. And so um, what, I, what I'm talking about. And, and so when I think about the year 2000, I've always been interested in the stock market. And I've loved the ability, I love the thought that you can make money with your mind, that you can be strategic, right? Like there's a gazillion ways to make money in the market, but I, I, and I, you know, I was younger, obviously in the 90s, I was growing up, and I just, I was fascinated by the stock market, and, and I've always wanted to do something in the markets, but then I kind of got sullied on it because, um, or in how I got to this part of my journey, I, my parents had a broker who was with Morgan Stanley, out of why I'm missing Pennsylvania. Okay. I don't know if it's the worst place on earth. Maybe it is. Could Maybe be. it isn't. I haven't read the Yelp reviews. Yeah. Maybe it is. So they had this broker. And he rode a stock down. So my parents are entrepreneurs, okay? My dad doesn't have a co- my dad didn't graduate high school. Like everything that he's self made like my parents are self made people. Hmm. Okay. And I watched them growing up just absolutely bust their asses yeah. to put food on the table for them so we could have a better life than them. That story is no different than 99% of, a, of what Americans do. That's what we, whether you're from here, whether you're an immigrant, whether you're from, born here, it doesn't matter. Everybody that I've, most people that I've met are trying to provide a better life for their kids or their loved ones. They're not going, you know what, man? Screw them. I got mine. I'm getting mine. Like, no, that's not, that's not what we do. And so I watch my parents, like, you know, just like every, like a lot of people who work hard, 70, 80, 90 hour work weeks, right? Yeah. Trying to, uh, trying to make it. Raise, raise a kid or two. Raise, raise a couple kids. Only to have this. I don't have a nicer word than a cuss word that has come to mind. Person. Put them in stocks and lucent is just the um, is the is the example. But imagine a basket full of lucents in 1999 and 2000, right? Okay, a lucent technologies, and I'll show you just lucent technologies. Imagine having a basket full say, of stocks. Do you here. mind if I ask what lucent? Is? It, it, it got bought. By, it was a technology <laughs> yeah, stock. Right, right. For, so for so imagine, imagine if you would the uh, Unity software. The snowflake. Imagine the PayPal and the squares sure. of this day and age. Very exciting stock. 
oh, yes, listen, it was super exciting, right? But then you can see in the year 2000, look at, look at this 1999 chart in January, $112, right? Only to end up right down here by December of 2002 at $1.20. Oh, man. So uh, I, I, in the year 2000, 1999 is when I went into the Marine Corps, okay? Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I had yet to find William O'Neill. But I found my anger for this individual that didn't have any kind. Of, I didn't know it at the time. It was a sell strategy, a sell discipline, a discipline that a strategy that gets you into stocks when at their point of least resistance to go higher. Yeah. And then when they're about to just let go of their gains, gets you out. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. And when I found out a couple of years later, when I found William O'Neill's book in a bookshop in New York City on leave for my first deployment of three uh, to the great uh, luxury destination of Iraq, I um, vacation hotland. <laughs> yeah. Luxury Babylon Gardens. Vacation. Yes. Sorry, yes. Go ahead. Um, I didn't know that you could actually do it. And I, and, and my anger got renewed all over again. And that anger, uh, towards this Morgan Stanley broker and why missing Pennsylvania, which may or may not be as we covered the worst place on earth. Um, was, is what drove me to William O'Neill and, and, uh, eventually working there and then talking to people. And I started at William O'Neill uh, with, with Mr. O'Neill uh, in 2008, at the start of the worst recession since the Great Depression. And uh, shortly thereafter, I started going on the road and just talking to people. Like, they would come see me because I worked for IBD. And whether they knew about IBD or not, I spoke to mostly people who had no idea what IBD was. But they were all going through their own personal hells of what 08 did to them. 07, 08, and into 09, had done to them. And I could relate because I watched this person destroy my parents from Morgan Stanley, the branch in Why Missing Pennsylvania. I watched this with horror. Well, I knew about it. I knew the ramifications of it because this guy was so inept at his job. I mean, ineptitude to the highest level of ineptitude. Don, is that a word? Ineptitude? Uh, no, I'm quite sure it's not. No. no. <laughs> I, I do have a chapter two to this story also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we'll come because right. this is personal for both yeah. of us. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so I watched this guy just destroy a whole, whole portfolio of stocks like this with the words it'll come back. He set my parents back years. Luckily, they weren't of retirement age at this point. He set my parents back years. And once you lose it, I want to explain something to you at home. Once you lose it, you don't get it back. And what do I, well, sure, Tim, the market always comes back. No, no, you have cost yourself opportunity. Right. If you had a million dollars, $100,000, $100, let's use $100. If you had $100 and you shave 40 or 50% off of $100, you have what, $60, $50, $60 left, right? So when you say it comes back, and it comes back to $100, you're like, well, see, Tim, you're, you're back to even. It came back. You're, you're whole. No, 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 no. If you had a sell strategy that got you out at 10%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%,
Yeah. And you had $90. Mm-hmm. And then it came back 40 or 50% higher from $90. You, my friends, have more freaking money. And if someone could go knock on the door of Morgan Stanley and Why Missing Pennsylvania to explain this to those knuckleheads. <laughs> knuckleheads. I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Because they still haven't learned their lesson. And I know that because emblematic of the Morgan Stanley brokers that inhabit the offices of Why Missing Pennsylvania are thousands thousands of brokers across this great land of ours that we call America that are 1999 and 2000ing moms and dads across this great land. And it's honestly given me a case of anger because I've seen the correspondence to which Daniel has given me. He said, I need you to talk about this. And so I come to you with a message of empathy. Because th- this is incredibly hard. This isn't right now. This isn't 2008. It isn't right now. And we're not fear-mongering here, but it isn't 2008 where housing collapsed and it was just like, whoosh. No, no, this has been like 1999. The world wasn't coming to an end per se, but stocks have been just decimated don i'm going to come to you in one second okay i just give me one one second yeah i mean i'm curious where this is going so when i show you uh let me pull up this fella here so let me pull up john Ehrlichman, and i'm going to go to hunter real quick hunter give me it while i refresh this page give me give me uh some stocks give me some data i talked to hunter earlier uh this morning and i asked him for some information just give me what you got for me. all right yeah so as far as the it'll come back category goes, the main thing that comes to mind is like the big businesses, right? You know, the ones that everybody knows of, you know, mm-hmm. you use their products, what have you. So the first one that comes to my mind is PayPal. Let's look at um, it. Let's look at it. PayPal. Go ahead. I'm going to be slow. So you talk over me. I'll pull up the charts as we go. By the way, my friends, these are monthly charts. Okay. They're monthly. Not dailies, not weeklies, monthly. Go ahead, Hunter. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. And so, all right, so this is the moral of the story here is it doesn't really matter how big the business is, how good the business is, what sector the business is in. Uh, this market spares nobody uh, when it's behaving like it has over the last four to five months. And for a lot of growth stocks, it's been really bad for the last 12 to 15 months. So here you got PayPal, which was a big behemoth in the NASDAQ 100 which was a institutional grade name and has gone from 310 to 77 in a matter of about, I don't know, nine months. And so the, I guess to your point, Tim, the, it'll come back, maybe PayPal does come back, but this now has to go up, I don't know, 400% or so just to get back to where it was. Let's Um, let's, let's talk about that. Right. That was pretty spot on actually for some quick math. Yeah, nice moves. I didn't come out of nowhere. So now, you at home, oh, Hunter, I apologize, but you, you are brilliant. Because now the person at home who's listening to us today is saying, how many 400 gainers do I have in my portfolio every year? How many 400% gainers are you having uh, last year? How many individual stocks went up 400%? Be like an auctioneer. Do I have 350, 350, 325, 325, 300, 300, 275? 
who's got a 275% gainer in their pocket. And this is, uh, we're going to, I want to do more of this with Hunter, but I, I just want to make sure people understand my point. It's not to bash all the Morgan Stanley-esque, Merrill-esque, Edward Jones-esque, Ameriprise-esque Series 7 holders that drink from the same fountain of buy and hold. It's not to do that. It's to, it's, it's to illustrate the purpose of having a cell discipline. We're going to give it to you. We're going to give you the cell discipline here in a moment. But if you don't have a way to get out, you're, you're ensnared by this. And what I know is happening right now, because I've seen it through 2000, I've seen it through 08, I've seen it through uh, a couple of short periods in the, in the aughts, um, the 2010s, whatever they call them. If you're retiring now, or in the next couple of years, you know, the, the people people at these big brokerage houses just go, "Oh, too bad, so sad." And I'm gonna, ha- I got, some, I've got, I've got some writing about this in a moment that I'll share with you, but because uh, they're just gonna asset gather from someone who's not about to retire, and they're gonna tell that person who's got ten years left to make money, going, "This is the time to get things on sale, perhaps," but. Hunter, give me some more. Give me some more because you know stocks are just going to go up four hundred percent, right? Give me some more, Hunter, please. Uh, Facebook, another oh. huge name that oh, comes to yes. mind. Yes, because all everybody's on Facebook. Everyone's on Instagram. Meta, and this was down fifty percent, basically from top to bottom here, three eighty four to one eighty five, um, and the same thing. Now Facebook now has to increase one hundred percent, roughly, uh, to get back to where it was. And so again, is that impossible? No, it's not. But the, the reality is, is you don't know when that is going to take place or if it will take place. And me and Don and uh, Alex have actually had some good discussion on this, unbeknownst to, to you, Tim, that we would kind of be on this topic here. And I, I kind of relate to them. One of the hardest lessons and the biggest lessons I've learned since starting investing and finishing my degree and coming into the professional workforce in this industry is it's okay to be excited about stocks. It's okay to, you know, love a stock to think the fundamentals are great to have this great analysis but okay to allow that to cause you to sit on a 50 60 70 90 percent loss uh and i think you know it's it's very easy to get into that situation where it like you said it, it'll come back oh you know i bought it at 350 you know now my cost basis is here so i'm just going to hold it well like you said there's a huge opportunity cost in that scenario and the fact of the matter is not all companies do come back. A lot of companies go bankrupt or go out of business or just ultimately die. Uh, not so much the case for the S&P 500, but a lot of companies never do come back or never make it back to where they were. I mean, and pull up a chart of uh, Cisco or, or Pfizer. These are companies that are just now getting close to where they were in 1999 and 2000. This has been 20 years of them trying to make it back to where they were in 1999 and 2000. So this is just an example. These are still big companies. These are still well-known companies, but it's been, you know, 20 years. And I mean, granted, you know, we came down way off the lows. They've increased off the lows. I get that. But not every company comes back and does what Microsoft did after, you know, 2011, 2012-ish, where it finally got through those highs and it's gone on to be uh, one of the best performing stocks over the last 10 years. Somebody so not every stock comes back. Somebody listening to us still has Cisco. Somebody listening in our audience right now still has it from... 82. 
Boy, that's a great example. What, what, Pfizer was the other one, Hunter? F, uh, PFZ? Yeah, PFZ. I think, PFZ. I think it's kind of about the same, uh, right around the 1999-2000 levels, if you pull it back on a monthly. A little bit higher, not much. A little bit. But Just, it took you, uh, yeah. the point is, is, you know, you think the same thing. Well, Pfizer, they're a huge medical company. They have, you know, this product and that product. That doesn't necessarily mean that the stock price will reflect what your analysis or opinion is currently thinking. That is, and I had to learn that lesson the hard way when I first started. I've told this story to Don uh, back in 2017, 2018. I had done all this analysis on companies like LAM Research, Applied Materials, uh, a lot of the semi-equipment companies, and they have great fundamentals, great return on equity, return on invested capital, whatever financial statement uh, component you want to look at. And to me, I was like, oh, man, these are undervalued based on this, this and this. Well, they proceeded to go down 50 percent over the next year. And I had to learn a really hard lesson that the market doesn't give a crap what I think or what my analysis is. All that matters is what the stock price is doing and what the market is telling you. And it's think, a really hard lesson to learn. And I've I had think, to learn it multiple times, to be honest. You know, I'm going to come back to you for some more stocks in a second, Hunter. Um, I think. What is super interesting here is uh, what's been running through my head since I read. Uh, some emails that Danny has been uh, sharing um, is uh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett just had his uh, big, big meeting out in uh, Omaha, I think, last week or the week, prior week. And um, the quote, and I'm going to butcher it, is like, when, when there's blood in the streets, you should be buying. Meaning when everyone's selling, you should be buying. And when everyone's buying or there's frenzy, you should be selling into it. You're not Warren Buffett. I don't mean that. I don't mean that uh, rudely, sacrilegiously. I don't. Mean, I don't. I don't mean that's not impugning Warren. Buffett. Warren Buffett's an amazing human being that's done amazing things. Um, but the time horizon here, the goals are different. You're you're in the markets because you're trying to accrue wealth for retirement. Warren Buffett already has wealth. You're you're at different stages of the game. He can take a haircut. And what Hunter is, Hunter didn't just give you stocks that, the couple that he just gave out uh, that are, that are um, spa, um, space, uh, SPCE from uh, um, Branson, uh, the space exploration company. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't give you uh, Snowflake, uh, the software company. He didn't, he didn't give you Rivian, you know, like the, these real speculative stocks. Pfizer and Cisco, man waiting 20 years for your, for your price to come. And, and so it's really important to understand that there is strategy out there that allows you to start from a higher base. There is an alternative to writing things down. And I, I just can't believe people are still doing this. I can believe it. I, I'm just appalled. And, and so when like William O'Neill and How to Make Money in Stocks, one of the quintessential books you could ever read on the markets, um, writes about human nature and, and um, the psychology of investors and how it, how it repeats itself. And that's why charts are so important because you can see it repeating itself. It, it, it's all repeating itself. 2000 is absolutely right now repeating itself. And the same mindsets are repeating themselves. It's just different people. And then it got me thinking a little bit more, and I shared this on the morning call with Danny and Don. I said, well, no wonder this stuff happens uh, constantly. Because think about it. The people that screw up the economy and the government 
are the ones that go off to university to teach your children. They don't, they don't go into private practice to go make more money. They go into education to teach your kids how to screw it up. The same mistakes get repeated over and over. And, like, I make a ton of mistakes. If you're not making mistakes quickly, you're not trying hard enough. But I don't repeat them. Or I do my damnedest not to repeat them. I get really mad at myself. Because I know better. I'm cool with making a mistake once. I'm even more cool with learning from people that have made mistakes and then not making that mistake. I'll go make my own. But this, this is incredibly frustrating. Don, what did, what did, I, I think I know Don's part two to this, but I'm really curious to hear. I, I don't know it. I want to oh, hear yeah. it. Yeah. Just for the record, a Texas minute is actually 12 minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just so we're all, yeah, just so we all know. Thanks for Let's on. go back to the year 2000. Sure, uh, ironically, also Morgan Stanley, the Flowery Branch, Georgia uh, location. My father-in-law is fighting melanoma, took a buyout from his work, interviewed several firms, rolled his money into Morgan Stanley because they had the queen of the internet as their internet analyst, Mary Meeker. You don't know the name now, but she sure as hell knew it because she was all over CNBC back uh, during the tech bubble in uh, the internet bubble in two th- uh, 99 to 2002. So loaded him up in all kind of aggressive funds. His cancer got much worse. He wasn't paying really attention to what was going on and lost over 50% of the value of his 401k that he rolled over to Morgan Stanley. So that's my story. Uh, He wasn't young enough to recover to this. Uh, His widow is the one that paid the price for it. Uh, Very, it's just, it's, it's, it's just wrong, honestly, to be in the business of what these people do and to have no conscience or no wherewithal to protect the nest egg of their clients to take no action whatsoever. And literally no action was taken. When I say no action, I mean no action, no trades. They just let it ride. Uh, minimal, minimal contact between them and, and my father-in-law. And uh, it's tragic. And, and you can't trust anybody that's in the business that doesn't have risk management as their number one as not forget about how much you can make, how much of what you've already made. Can you keep that's what they need to be focused on. And that's something we preach constantly here at Revere. And if you've got a pie chart pinhead is what I call them managing your money. And you've been going back and forth between uh, them and, and, and listening to us and not doing anything about it, the least you can do to yourself is to, is to put some of it with us and compare it. Compare what they're doing to somebody that actually has a solid risk management process in place. And then ultimately you might decide we're not for you. I, I don't know. Uh, but to just sit there like a deer in the headlights and think it'll come back because it always has. Did it come back in Japan after their 89 crash? Japan was the the king of the business world, the king of the finance world in 8990. 
we were the envy of Japan, or and Japan was the envy of the United States, and they crashed, and it didn't come back, and it and it didn't come back for a decade from two thousand uh, to two thousand and ten, and then and then the crash happened again in two thousand seven. What Tim was talking about, it's it's just not. It's just not okay, frankly. I, I'm not really being very eloquent with what I'm saying about it, but uh, I, lo I lost my ass in uh, 2000 and 2002 because I didn't have the cell discipline and that, the same thing. I said, there's got to be a better way to do this. This isn't. And I, I, I found Investor's Business Daily and, and William O'Neill's How to Make Money in Stocks book, and it changed my life. It changed my approach and haven't had a significant drawdown since then. It's, it's about understanding the weakness in the market when it's prevalent and just letting the freight train step off the rails and let the freight train pass by and get back on when it goes by. Entry so, rules and exit rules. Yeah. And, and so what I'm going to do here in a few moments is I'm going to, sh I'm going to show you or maybe just, I don't know. I, I, I had to call Danny before this because I, here's the thing about these um, brokers that do this i i'm i'm parsing my words here cuz look i don't agree with their approach um obviously i think in terms i think they're toxic in terms of money management and portfolio management i think that they work though and i think they work at asset gatherers and i think there is a better way and the fact that they don't educate themselves to like i mean you Imagine driving in a car, Zach, and, and, and instead of like driving around the cars in front of you, you just, you just sideswipe every one of them trying to get in between lane, right? Like, like eventually, like after you flip enough cars, like, is there a better way to do this? Oh, yeah, just wait your turn, you know, like or do something different, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, or, or maybe every time uh, you uh, cook, you end up cutting yourself, burning yourself, or giving you food poisoning. Mm -hmm. Isn't there a better way? Yeah, called ordering out. You know, like, like, so you're going to do something different. And, yeah. and for um, the brokers here that are writing it down, that have written it down, there's got to be a better way. You've you got to be thinking that for yourself if you're intellectually honest. And that's the problem. I don't think they're intellectually honest. I, think, I don't think they're intellectual. I don't think they care about growth because I think what I'm about to show you folks is emblematic of this industry. And it's why you'll hear me occasionally say, I hate this industry. I'm not a part of this industry. I'm part of something different. And uh, I was a part of something different at IBD. And I came here uh, with Danny to build the business because I, I knew Danny wanted to be a part of something. And so this is what we do here is different. And uh, it, it frustrates me when people say, I, some people refer to us as active managers. I say we're prudent managers. And they say active managers like they say the F word. Like when I was a lieutenant in the Marine Corps, gunnery sergeants would look at you and go, lieutenant? And the tone was clearly, you know, like put your, put your favorite cuss word in there. You know, like it, it, they, they said it with such a disgust that you know. You yeah, know. like they spit it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so um, they, a lot of people say active management. Active management isn't day trading. Active management is protection. It, it's, you know, it's not necessarily. There's active management 
which is why pe the people that are passive have a disdain for active uh, managers of mutual funds because they have to stay fully invested by their prospectus. So active management and active management with a sell strategy are two different things. Thank you. Th th thank you for that clarification, Zach. Thank you for getting off me as I took a sip of coffee and I'm pretty sure I missed my mouth. Oh, did I miss that? <laughs> no, no, for, you for for good content. That's okay. You thank caught you. it, yeah. and then you're like, "Oh, he's he's screwing up." He's, okay, so, I, I agree with what he's saying. Okay, yeah. so let me show you a couple things here, and then we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna plow on here with with this show. This is the year 2000 on a monthly chart of SPX, and you have this big run up, right? And everyone recognizes this big run up. Think 2020 or you know, with some pullbacks in here. Think think 98 could be 2018. Yeah. and more 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 plowing forward and now you get your first break and you know look you've only backed this far right and it's easy in hindsight i get it but this is where we're at this is the market we're in right now if you think about the market we're in right now we are embarking on we've only had two rate hikes we are embarking on the greatest tightening cycle in the history of our economy we are embarking on forms of tightening that have never been done at the same time together. Not sure how that's going to end up. It sounds frightening when you it say it like it, that. Yeah. yeah. And so, well, you're seeing that right now in, in, in more stocks. We'll go back to Hunter and get some more stats here in a minute. But we're, we're kind of like right here. And um, there'll be a group that says, you know, this is when you need to be buying and, and they, they'll warrant buffet you. And then it comes down here. And this, this is a big, long monthly candle, and it tries to recover. You see, told you, you buy the dips, and we're going to go back up here. And then it just all hell breaks loose. And there's that one last whoosh. And top to bottom here, I'm going to do two indices for you. Top to bottom, uh, you're looking at roughly 50% on the S&P 500, okay? And on the NASDAQ 100, those exciting stocks from the NASDAQ 100, Pets.com in uh, 2000, okay? The NASDAQ, 100. Top 100 technology, exciting companies in the world. Top to bottom, finally, is down 82%. 83%, actually, in September. Well, it's a couple years. Oh, yeah, you're right. So we had, we had, if you, if you, go, you know what, Tim, you're not being fair because we had that terroristic attack. Do you remember that? Yeah, I actually do. I, um. I, uh, I won a couple places afterwards. Um, pretty familiar. Mm -hmm. So here, how about 72%? You want to quibble over a couple percentage points? Sure. A couple months before the terrorist attack. Market then, of course, had troubles after 9-11. Uh, only, only to be let down again by its ugly brother, the Great Recession. Okay? You don't. Look, Don will give you some stats here towards the end of the show, and I'm going to show you how to miss all this together and get back in and not have FOMO at the very last thing we do at the show. But imagine if you stop the bleeding here. But what happens is the fear of missing out on getting back to even takes over. The, the, I'm, I've not ever done an illegal drug. Okay? The drug of choice I do is coffee. Caffeine. But... Um, the fear of missing out, in my opinion, and everyone is, has it. Everyone, everyone has the genes. 
is uh, powerful. It is a powerful drug. Missing out on when stocks have plowed back 15, 20%. Hunter's case, some ones that he mentioned, you know. Uh, well, if it just comes back to even, that's going to be 400% for me. And I'm telling you, it's, it just doesn't work. That way. The only way Netflix, PayPal, Square, the only way these stocks get back to where they were is if the, is if the Fed injects some form of stimulus or reverses course and doesn't tighten but eases. That's not the course we're on right now. And so that's the year, that's 99 into 2000, 2001. And, and here we are right here. This is the NDX. So here's the high right here. And how far have we fallen? And some of you are going 30%. And I know some of you are saying 30% is enough. Who are you to say it's enough? Who are you? By the way, this applies to me, Don, Hunter, everybody. Who are you to say that that stock, XYZ, is a bargain? There's, there's no bargains in the stock market. There's only price. And if people need to eat, it doesn't matter if PayPal is a bargain. They're going to sell the damn thing. If people have a choice between eating and making their mortgage payment or keeping their beloved PayPal in their account, which one do you think they, they, they do? They sell their PayPal. PayPal is not your friend. Not your friend. Not your friend. <laughs> not your friend. And, and, and that's the point. This could go down another 50%. I was about to say, timestamp this, Zach. Yeah. We don't do any of that nonsense here. <laughs> yeah, like, lock, lock this in, mark, episode 400. Mark the tape. Yeah, where Tim actually, said. I, actually, I might remember it because it's episode 400. Yeah, right. But it, you're going to get some sharp, crisp, money-printing rallies. And you had that in 2000 into 02, 01, and then later after the, uh, the terrorist attack. And you had that in 07 and 08 into 09. Ultimately, to just capitulate. We haven't capitulated yet. The NASDAQ went down 70 to 73% before the terrorist attacks, and it tried to rebound, and then it just capitulated more. That's another 40% lower from here, friends, on the NDX. Well, Tim, how do you know it's going to do that? I don't. I don't. And I'm going to tell you how you, if you listen to the very last thing I say at the end of this podcast, I'm going to give you the absolute way to participate and eliminate your FOMO. I'm going to give you a 100% surefire way to quell the beast inside. And you're going to capture 90% of the gains and you're going to miss the worst parts. I'm going to show you how to do it. The, the end of the show can't get here soon enough. Yeah, for a bunch of folks, <laughs> right? But it, I, I want to do a couple things here. Um, Don, can you talk about um, a couple of the portfolios, please? What you've been doing, where they stand right now before I get into uh, uh, the next part of the show. Yeah, if you've been following our videos, uh, 
you know, from when, when the last breakdown occurred under 4,200, we went to a hundred percent cash and well, 90% cash and a 10% short term tips, uh, ETF, VTIP. And since then we've made, uh, a, couple of trades, mostly dealing with uh, a couple of oil stocks that are showing relative strength. And all we've seen is uh, short covering, sharp rallies into resistance that fail and then continue to make lower lows. Yesterday, very similar to December in 2018, the S&P stopped going down right at the 20% below the all-time high level as, as if the algorithms we're very much aware of that selling stopped right there and money uh, came into the market with a decent close and it's following it up this morning. So now you just watch for the levels of resistance. The big one is 4050 that I'm watching right now, really 4050 to 4070. 4000 was one. We got past 4000 this morning and are holding it pretty well, but the, there's a really big level of 4050 to 4070. Uh, where if the market fails there, it will be a good opportunity to actually short the market with a stop above that 4070 level. Um, you want me to go into the, the bear market stats now? I'll tell you what, yeah, give, it, give it a second. Um, uh, thank you I, for actually saying that because I forgot about bear market stats. <laughs> I, I, had other, I had some other stats in mind. I want to show you something. And so, uh, hold on, Zach, don't. I don't know the best way to do it. Don't show my screen just yet, please. Um, this is such a hard show to do. Let me just talk about it real quick. The videos Don's referencing, please show my screen. Um, all at revereasset.com, okay? Uh, our stock's about to crash. It's a video I did Wednesday. Hunters, excellent video. Two Tech Titans, Wheat Nixon stocks. You'll find Don's latest video coming up tonight uh, here. We never pull these down. Since 2014, we've been putting videos out every night, five nights a week. Sixth night is um, the sixth day. Saturday is the podcast. Uh, but you'll find it all here. You can go back any market uh, and you can see how we performed, what we did, uh, levels, Don's performance, everything. You can find the podcast all here too. Um, but I, I think it's important that the, the, to just address this real quick and then I'll get into um, what Danny has been discussing lately with us. Um, there's a lot of crypto talk, and you know, I haven't mentioned it yet. And the crypto market is pretty big, and we're finding out how big it is. And whether or not crypto is enough to topple the markets, I, I, I genuinely don't know. And this, this tweet here is for, um, if it comes up, instructional purposes I only. I wonder if I've seen this tweet. Yeah, if you invested $250 million in Luna, this from last night, one month ago, uh, the fourth most popular cryptocurrency, you now have six cents. I did see this tweet. Uh, there, uh, I, you have to read it like three times. It's meant for, in my opinion, it's meant for example. Meaning that there was something worth a lot of money pegged to the U.S. dollar, supposedly, and now it's worth six cents. That is uh, a big deal. And cryptocurrency Luna, almost worthless. And um, this had a pretty large market cap. And all of crypto was taking a hit. Uh, so a lot of people in 2007, 2008, if you can harken back to that time, and I can, they, uh, they will tell you that you know, the housing market isn't as big as the technology sector. The housing market isn't as big as X, Y, and Z. 
Well, the housing market punches above its weight, meaning that, uh, you know, it's a welterweight that can punch with the heft of a heavyweight title fighter. Yeah. And um, I don't know if crypto, and, and that's what happened in 08, right? Systematic failure of the housing market stalling. The, the tide goes out, exposes the, all the banks' bad loans. And before you know it, uh, it's hell and damnation and cats and dogs are playing. I don't know if Bitcoin, I don't know if cryptocurrency is housing in 07 and 08. We won't know that until hindsight. But this isn't a small number. $200 billion has been lost. That's not insignificant. Where did it go? I mean, they're quite sure uh, some Michael Berry somewhere right in his next, uh, the great crypto short, right? Um, and so this this could absolutely um, take take markets down further if it, if it proves to be something um, that we should all be paying attention to just a little bit more. Real quick, before I start uh, where I'm going, as, as of last night, S&P's down uh, 17.5%, NASDAQ down. Uh, almost a little over 27%. Of course, they're recovering today with the bounce. And then the uh, Dow down 12.7%. This is interesting to me because the, the IBD mutual fund index are some of the leading mutual funds in the world. And uh, it's down 30%. For so to Don's point, active management doesn't mean, I mean, they always have to be invested. Don, I'm, I brought this back. I brought this up because I, you brought that up about passive about, about active management just a few moments ago. I think the active, the IBD mutual fund index speaks to that. There are, these, these mutual fund managers are always in the market. They have to follow their mandate, their proxy. And so, yeah, the, the mutual fund index, because they're conservative, right? Mutual fund. They're conservative. And so um, I'm about to read something to y'all. I don't know, Zach, if you should go to my screen, okay? So just keep it on yeah, me for a second. Yeah. Or the four box, keep it on all of us. Um, as I read this, uh, I want you to understand what people are doing. They're throwing out Kathy Wood as plausible deniability. They're using ARKK. What's ARK down, Hunter, year to date? Uh, I want to say like 60%-ish. Okay. So they're using Kathy Wood as, hey, we're doing poorly, but look at Kathy Wood over here. Right, which I mean, come on, that's sure. That's that's not right. Everybody else jumped off a cliff. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, they're telling you things like long time frames, and um, and I'm just gonna read it to you. Okay, so um, I don't think people. And so Zach, I'm gonna ask you uh, as we produce the show. I'm so on curious air. what this is. I know. Yeah, go ahead. So I had to pull quotes. From some correspondence Danny has had. Okay, so okay? this is this is this is legitimate correspondence. And this is private, which is why I'm not no, showing it's, you. No, well, or... Danny, Danny has cleared it with uh, the, the the person or people okay. that we can share, right? Okay. But I, I I think if I'm just reading from my screen, I I didn't I didn't think if I had this pasted in the slides, people would believe me. Because it, like you could just be making it up or paraphrasing. Yeah. I also don't know if I want to show it on the screen. I have Danny's replies. I'll tell you what. I've got Danny's replies pasted in here. Okay. So we can go to those. But I'm going to read you some setup quotes, okay? Uh, let me just start, and I'll, sh I'll show you how I think 
how I think this flows. And if Hunter and Don are just like wincing, like I've I've put them in a lot of pain. We'll know if they are. Well, oh, okay, you got them on the screen. (laughs) I try not to look at them during during what I'm talking because Don, Don sometimes when I say, I think Don really likes Hall and Oates. And Don will just like, there it is. <laughs> right? Except uh, for Maneater. That's a cool song. Yeah, yeah. Even a blind squirrel <laughs> finds a nut every once in a while. Even Hall and Oates. Even yeah. Hall and Oates finds a nut. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. Okay, so this is um, the, the quintessential uh, broker I was talking about at the beginning of the show. Okay? Yeah. And um, this is his correspondence to someone who is uh, who likes Danny has been following Danny's work for years. So um, he's asked a question to him. This fella has his this person this broker has uh, Danny's I'm going to call him Danny's friend Danny's friend's money managing it okay? okay and the friend is running this by Danny saying what do you think okay it's all true I'm not paraphrasing. Uh, and I needed, I really just wanted it to be truthful, right? Because I, you can't make this up. Some of these things that are said in here, you just can't make up. And I have a feeling that thousands of brokers across this great land of ours are doing what this fella is doing to his, to his client or Danny's friend. You ready? Let's hear it. Now let's try this. This is either going to be very clear or an abomination. Or very muddled. Or very muddled. And, li- and listen, if you like want more context to this, you're more than welcome. Danny, uh, Danny said, hey, just have him call me. Yeah. 855-REAL-WEALTH is how you get a hold of us. You can go to the website. Let me just show you real quick. You can go to the website uh, that I've misplaced somewhere on this screen. Um, somewhere in there. Hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. Uh, 855-REAL-WEALTH. Dan at com. I'll show you how to get a hold of him in a little bit. So, uh this fella, this guy says, hey, man, market's falling. What are we doing? Generally buying now, but only high-quality names. This is, by the way, this is all this week. Okay, this isn't like a couple months ago. Yeah. This is all in the teeth of the intensity of the sell-off, okay? And you're sharing correspondence between two people. Yes. Okay. It's one, not just, one, it's not, one, this is not one email from one person. This nope. is a back and forth. Okay. One is a client. One is a broker. And the client is Danny's friend. And Danny, and he's asked Danny to chime in here. Next time, next time we do this, I'll, I'll, I'll read the other half. We'll just go back and forth. Perfect. Oh, next time. Next time. I was going to say, is next it too late time. to do that? No, no, no. Okay. Generally buying now, but only high-quality names with strong balance sheets and profitability. Still staying away from the Kathy Wood-type stocks, many of which look like the tech bubble in 1999. In your case, for instance, you might consider planting some cash into the moderately conservative ETF account, which gives you a combination of primarily high-quality diversified names. ETFs don't have the level of volatility you see with individual stocks. Fold it out. For long-term investors, it would appear that we're seeing some level of capitulation here, but I doubt it's over just yet, hoping we get some type of indication that inflation may be peaking. Don, do you have any comment? Hope is always a good investment strategy. That was Captain Sarcasm <laughs> speaking there. Right. right, Hunter, any thoughts? I'll let Don, uh, any initial thoughts there? I would just back Don there. I mean, hope, hope is the same thing that makes you hold Cisco for 20 years or 
you know, whatever spec you want to choose over the last year. Don, any additional thoughts? Uh, going into something defensive after you've already lost 25% is meaning that just means that when the market goes back up, you'll lag. Yep. That, it's really important that Don, you understand Don's point. So buying the tan vanilla color names, and by the way, there's no safe place in the stock market. There isn't. Bonds aren't safe. There's a reason why gold and silver aren't keeping up with inflation. I'll show that to you at the end of the show too. This, this, this first serve here is really troubling to me. Uh, he's plausible deniability with Kathy Wood. Um, he's calling them out saying, are you a long-term? It doesn't say that, but for long-term investors, that's how I read it. Are you a long-term investor or are you not? Right. Yeah. And so it's called reading between the lines. Moderately conservative. What is a moderately conservative ETF? You're either pregnant or you're not. You know, you're moderately pregnant, Tanya, with our third baby. Moderately conservative. Moderately. Yeah. Just you, you're moderately pregnant with our third child. Yeah. Same result. Losing begets losing. Price going down begets you losing money, whether it's in a conservative nature or you literally just put your money into a fireplace. It's the same result. Next. New, new reply. Uh, guy, client says X, Y, and Z. So he comes back with uh, the rationale for not trying to time the market and go to cash. You see, the client is asked, well, these folks at Revere have gone to cash. Yeah. Why haven't you? Okay. So the broker says the rationale for not trying to time the market and go to cash, for instance, is attached. I have refused to twist over the long term, if you happen to miss only a few of the best market days, your overall returns are dramatically reduced. Also, holding cash while inflation is 8 plus percent and banks are still paying nothing on deposits is a tough call. Don, what are your bear market stats, my friend? That, that statement about missing the best days in the market is the, the it's a go-to for the buy-in holders and it's the biggest lie that they that you can perpetuate because the biggest rallies occur during bear market short squeezes and they're sandwiched with the biggest down days that are happening at the same time so you can't get the biggest rallies without getting the biggest down days too so since 1960 22 of the worst 25 days and 83 of the worst 100 days in the S&P 500 occur when they're under the 200 day moving average which is exactly where we are right now the overall average monthly return of the S&P on average, all, all markets considered, is 0.88%. But when you're under the 200-day moving average, the average return is a negative 2.6%. And this is why we pound the table constantly about how risk picks up when the market is under the 200-day moving average, which is where we've been now for most of 2022. I'll add in just one little bit here that you're missing the best days and it affects your returns dramatically because you, ridden the, you rode the race car into hell. If you got out at, oh, I don't know, 6%, 10%, you don't feel the FOMO of missing the, what this guy in between the lines is because Zach, as a graduate of the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, 
I can read the stitches of the fast break. I can read between the lines and parse the language. What he's saying here is FOMO. What the, what that, when you tell somebody you're going to miss the biggest updates, you're preying on yeah. their FOMO. Yeah, the, you're nothing more than a drug peddler. You're perpetuating the fear this of missing out. This broker is a drug peddler of fear mm. of missing out. You should never. Right. He's, he's, the guy, he's the guy that would say, look at the market is up two two and a half percent today. You would have missed that if you would have been out. But he won't talk about two days ago when we were down two percent. He won't talk about last week when we were down three and a half percent. He won't talk about exactly uh, Friday of last week. We were down another three percent. It's all or Monday when we were down another three percent. It's just cherry picking, disingenuous Your misinformation. in the strip mall next to the vape shop is nothing more than a drug peddler of fear keeping you on tender hooks that you're going to miss the next swing higher. That's what casinos do. Casinos offer you no risk management, and neither do large brokers. I move on. So now he gives some stats, okay? He's, when I, he gives some stats. I want to. I want to show this so bad, but I, I I need to stick to my discipline. He's telling you that the S and P is down, the Nasdaq is down, the tre- ten year Treasuries are down eight percent for the year in terms of price, and then he cites Arc. So to make his case that the markets are really bad, he, what I did at the beginning, Zach, when I took people through the newspaper and I showed them the S and P is down, IBD mutual fund index is down. He's now giving you the standards that are down, but he throws in Arc because Arc is down a grotesque as of, I think, May 11th or May 12th, 61%. So he's doing plausible deniability. Hey, listen, I may have pooped the bed, but these guys are continuously rolling in the slop. And so he's trying to make himself look good. Now, the client's accounts are in line with the traditional indices, okay? Mm -hmm. One is actually a little worse. And he says here, he starts out, he puts Kathy Wood's results and then the client's results. And then the first word he uses is the, it, it's astounding to me. The first word he uses is the word fortunate. Oh, of course. Holy hell, this guy's hands. This guy is brazenly dipped. Oh, fortunate. Good news. Hey. Great news. You you're found, not Kathy Wood. You found us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God you're with. Oh, man. Thank God you're just an exit away from Hohokus, New Jersey. Yeah. Dodged a bullet. Fortunately, you're highly, fortunately, you're highly diversified and have completely avoided the really negative arc-like names. Do you hear the plausible about it? I didn't choose your names. That's the, what this sentence says. I'm not even picking your stocks, dude. I'm right. just a guy who answers the phone and gathers assets. Yes. But it could be worse. Fortunately, your name isn't Kathy Wood. There is so much wrong with this. Who taught this person how to take personal responsibility? So effectively, he continues, you're outperforming the market indices. Wow. Hey, man, you might have lost 
But yeah, in in my book, you're on top. Yeah, you're a winner. That's right. You had a million, and now you have eight hundred thousand. You lost two hundred k. Don't worry though, you're winning. You're not one of those people over there. Which I suppose is okay. He supposes is okay. And now I think I think this broker is just. I think he's being sarcastic. Who types this out and goes, you know what? This is what this this is. I'm gonna I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna tell him what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give him a plan. No, no. Which the fellow says I suppose is okay. But naturally, we'd rather see positives than negatives. That's a quote. This is all a quote. The retirement account has significant diversified exposure to the overall market and has a rather long time frame until you'll tap into it. Probably not until you're 72. My, now let me just read this, read between the lines here. My underperformance, my sucking at my job, my not having to sell discipline is okay because I think you're going to live to 72. By my calculations on an Excel spreadsheet, which was handed down from hire from the great folks at Merrill Lynch Bank of America, I believe that if you live to 72, you'll get back to break even. So the risk reward, I'm back to quoting, so the risk reward can be higher in the other accounts. Oh, how There's nobody in the free world, Zach, who says, you know what, it's okay if I lose a crap ton of money because you know what, the risk reward's okay. No, you just want the money. Yeah. You don't go to Target and buy diapers and go, you know what, I got this portfolio, some great risk reward. I am losing my shirt on it. They don't care. They just you just want the money. Yeah, you just protect wanna, my money. You want to realize your gains. It's not it's not returns, Zach, on capital. It's the return of capital. Give them their money. I just can't read the rest of it. It's so bad. This, it's weird to think how many this is a grown millions man. of people do Listen, this. Listen, when I mess shame. up, you know, what the, you know what the words you hear from me are? Because people understand that I'm not doing it intentionally. I'm not, I'm not purposely messing up. I own it. Boy, I really, I really messed up there. I, I don't have any other words than I'm sorry. I, I clearly don't, don't mean to be doing this, and here's what I'm going to do to fix it. The problem is, I don't think this person, uh, genuinely, and I'm not being facetious, I don't think he genuinely knows how to fix it. Because I don't think he genuinely thinks he's doing anything wrong. Yeah, and it it sounds like the broker's dancing between who's in the driver's seat. Who's in charge? Like the client or the broker? Now, you can put this on the screen. This is Danny's reply. And you can, listen, if you're at home, uh, you can just pause it here. And, uh, oh, thanks, Zach. You can just pause it here. The, The fellow said, hey, man, what do you think of this? The client said, what do you think of all this broker stuff? And Danny um, just, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, pardon me. Danny just says here, uh, short answer is bad. Here's my long answer below. And he he goes on to tell you how we stopped our bleeding and what we're doing in our portfolio. He gives them, hey, uh, we had some trades. We had some investments. They were losing ground. They violated our stops. We honored our plan, and we, we, we cauterized the wound. The market can't hurt us anymore. That's a really good reply. That's yeah, a really good reply. 
this is getting too long for me. <laughs> and, and it's me. And it's, it's going to be clearly long for, for Don and, and Hunter. And I apologize. Here's Danny's follow-up. You, you can keep this on the screen. Yeah. Even if you're using fundamentals, excuse me. Even if you're using fundamentals, the economy is slowing. So when a broker tells you, hey, the fundamentals of, hey, uh, Hunter, out of all the stocks you're going to tell me, give me the one with the best fundamentals. I just pick one. What that you think has the best fundamentals? Oh, I mean, uh, less tough because I got two different categories. I mean, from the big names, Apple just prints money. Uh, but I had a good example of a name that's been absolutely crushed, Upstart, which Ooh. has great earnings and revenue growth, but it's down 92% in the last eight months. The fundamentals. The fundamentals lie. The fundamentals lag. The market is a forward-looking vehicle. This is nuts. Upstart, 401 to 38. Great fundamentals. That's Danny's reply. Uh, off screen for one second. I'm not sure what the next slide is. We're almost done here. Oh, okay. Yeah, keep it off screen. The broker has a reply. So now the client is sending Danny's replies to the broker. Hey, dude. Okay. This, this, this white hat. Danny. It's a, big, it's a big business thread. Hey, somebody else says this. What do you yeah. think about that? Yep. Yeah. So Danny's lamenting in the replies. Hey, we have cash. Now, this is where I got upset and decided I was going to just do this when I read this report. <sighs> technically, you have an extraordinarily, excuse me, technically, you have an extraordinary amount of cash at the bank. So you're already there. Don, would you like to comment on that quote? Lucky you have something that I had nothing to do with. I can't believe he said that. I cannot believe that the broker was. It's just, it's just excuse making. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. um, but the, but the audacity, you only have, you only have third degree burns on 40% of your body. Thanks to us and me, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks to, thank, yeah. Thanks thanks to, to you working 40, 50 years of your life and saving diligently and, and not, not, not spending it. I understand you have some cash in the bank, so what are you complaining about? Why are you upset with me? I can't get over this. He goes, as I've said in the past, if you're trying to tactically time the market, you might want to follow his advice. So now the guy's commenting on Danny's emails. History would suggest that that doesn't work. But that's your call. Oh, self-doubt. Longer term, long here, there it is again. Longer term investors rarely sell during market weakness. Rather, they do the opposite. Longer term investors only become longer term because they're stuck in positions. There's nobody on the face of the earth that lost 97% of, their val of Amazon's value in the dot-com implosion and didn't wish that they had it 97% higher, sold it, and then got back into it. Well, Tim, how do you get back into it? Broker from New Jersey, listen to me. At the end of the show, I'm going to show you how you do it. 
It's not magic. It's risk management. This sentence, this whole paragraph is appalling. Screen, please. Danny comes back with um, some really important things about sequence of returns. I encourage you to pause the, pause the video right here and read it. Danny talks about the compounding nature of down market. Everyone talks about compounding, and it always goes up. Compounding goes down six times as fast, ten times as fast when you're selling, when it's, when it's going lower. What you do by doubling down, what you do by buying and holding, what you do by riding it lower is you're compounding your losses. Absurd that the, the broker tells the client, hey, my understanding is you got some cash in the bank. What are you complaining about, man? It's not his money. It's not our money. It's your money. You know why, Zach, the show's called Your Money? Because it's your money. It's not ours. ours. It's literally, hey, hey, tune into Your Money Radio. Yeah, you know why? Because it's your money. We've always, it's your retirement account. It's, it, we think, God, I hope you all live to 150. But here's the thing. Life happens. And your spouse needs intensive medical care, un, unbeknownst to you. Something has happened to your children. It's, you need to have, it's, Don mentioned it at the top of the show about risk management. It's so important that you understand that it's not the return on capital. It's that your capital is returned to you. The market is a knife fight. You can't step into the market uh, and not expect to get cuts or bruises. But if the guy is continuously stabbing you in the kidneys when you step into the arena, wouldn't it behoove you to maybe take a defensive stance and block the kidneys so he doesn't keep killing you? I feel like I'm nailing the analogies today. Oh, you're on them. Okay, you're good. You're crushing them. Good, good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, here we are. This is Danny. So can you put it back on the screen? I think this is the last one. This is the last slide. So um, the, the friend of Danny's who's got the broker um, that is from a northeastern state that may or may not be New Jersey, may or may not be up an exit or two from Hohokus, New Jersey. By the way, Hohokus is a real town. Hohokus? Yeah, when you drive on the parkway, the Ho-Ho-Kus. Hohokus. Yeah, Hohokus is a real place, brother. All right. Oh, yeah. Some of my favorite things to say in this world is Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Yep. 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 And uh, Hohokus, New Jersey. Sheboygan. Yeah. Sheboygan. Good place. Sheboygan start with a C-H. Ooh, I'm going to go to Don on that because I make up words. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's an ass. I'll so. find out. Okay. Yeah, we'll get back to there. So, look, as it turns out, not only does this broker um, – do the broker Sheboy Gan. It's oh. Sheboy Sheboy Gan. Sheboy Gan. I was in Sheboygan, Michigan for a funeral not that long ago. There's more than one Sheboygan? Sheboygan, Michigan starts with a CH. I would have taken the under on two. I'd have said no. I thought only... they might be the same place. I was like, maybe nah. I was maybe I was in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Anyway, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to. You were Sheboygan, yeah, Michigan. That's, that's Sheboygan in yeah. Michigan. Yeah. 
Is Tua named after Shea Guevara, possibly. Could be. Is their town mascot a beret? Uh, I was there. I was. I was there for a funeral. I couldn't tell. With a cheesy <laughs> mustache. Did anybody have a beret on? <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't. Okay, we're yeah. just checking. Only, the only. We, don't think they had hats in the chapel. You know, that's. <laughs> is is that a quote? That you can put on the show tile yeah. this week. We haven't talked about the show tile at the all. Man, the man in the casket was might have been wearing a beret, but I couldn't. Probably put, should put that on the show tile. You know what? Maybe you could put a broker in a casket. Yeah, all right. That's good. Zach, I didn't mean to take a painful memory. No, I mean, it's fine. I, 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 I shouldn't have. I, I didn't. I, no, it wasn't. I've already done it. I shouldn't it. have brought up a funeral on the show. No, I mean, we, because everyone knows that when you bring up a funeral, someone's going to make a joke. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I think, well, we're dressed, we're dressed for a funeral? I think I think I can get a broker in a coffin. That's what it probably is. You think so? I think so. Can you make it look like the Merrill Lynch logo? Mm. Get back to me. Maybe. Okay. So as it turns out, this fella has a ton of positions. As you can see on my screen, Danny's reply is, with 52 positions, you might as well buy an S&P fund and be done with it. That is way too many positions you are simply indexing. So yes, you are very correlated to the S&P 500. This is not where you want to be at the moment. At some point it will be, but just, right, just not right now. And I've covered at the end of this video, I'm gonna, at the end of the show, I'm going to show you how to participate in markets without FOMO. Don, what I didn't, can you give me Don, please? What I didn't put on the screen was what this fellow also had in his portfolio. And it's the private placements. This client has private placements. I'd like Don to explain what private placements are and the problem with private placements and, and how you're, you, you may or may not be stuck. Go ahead, Don. There are opportunities for you to get something that the average person can't get. The downside is they're uh, illiquid if you want to get out of them. They're not, they're not traded on a public exchange. You can't just hit the sell button. And you really don't know what they're worth at any particular point in time because they're not publicly traded. You don't need them. You can, you can have great wealth with never participating in a private. A private placement is an opportunity for a broker to make commission. That's what a private placement is. Well, I didn't make commission off the client. They're getting a cut from someone. It's the only reason why you're put into a private placement. There are so many low-cost uh, opportunities out there, free stock trades, um, low-cost, no-cost mutual funds are ETFs. And then if you have a broker at one of the big brokerage houses, or, or even small, the small, small timers do this too, uh, they put you, you're like, I've never even heard of this mutual fund. And there's a good chance that it, uh, there's a fee associated with it. If there's not a fee associated with it, the broker who puts you in that mutual fund is getting what's known as 12B1 fees. 12B1 fees are marketing fees that are paid to the people that sell you those mutual funds. So if you think you have a broker that may be not acting in your best interest, the questions to ask are, what is your, Don, what are some of the questions to ask? Yeah, let's, let's do that real quickly. The questions to ask the person advising you, you, you're starting from scratch and you're interviewing an advisor? No, you're already there. Or, or okay. relative to these private placements? Oh, uh, no. Oh, starting from scratch. Starting from scratch. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Well, the, the biggest question you should ask that nobody ever does, does is what's your risk management strategy? especially due to the sequence of returns if you're approaching retirement. That is, that is the number one. The other one is, what conflicts do you have? Are you getting paid by somebody where you'll make more money if you put me in this product as opposed to a low-fee index fund? They can't lie to you about 12B1 fees. And if you catch them in a lie, it's a really big deal. 12B1 fees are a scourge in this industry. Um, the longer you stay in certain mutual funds, certain annuities, they get trailers. Trailers are, uh, trailers are like payment annuities for the person that, put, that sold you the mutual fund. So if you're in a mutual fund for 20 years and it has a fee associated with it, there's a really good chance for 20 years a broker's been making a percentage of, that, of those assets in that mutual fund off of you. That's why they never sell them. Come hell or high water, they never sell them. It doesn't pay them to sell them. It, literally, it does not pay them. 12B1 fees are a conflict of interest. Marketing fees are a conflict of interest. They have, if they sell the thing that's constantly paying them, they lose. So it doesn't matter what the market's doing. They're getting 12B1 fees. They're getting paid by the things in your portfolio. Well, Tim, of course, they're charging me a fee. No, 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 they're getting additional money. And if that's new to you, I, I can't stress this enough. If that's new to you, just pick up the phone. You go to Revere Asset if you're on a connected device like your telephone, your cell phone. Just hit the little button here. You're going to get a hold of Danny or Miro. Um, and and, and they'll, they'll give you everything you need. Um, it's really important that the two things Don just mentioned there are asked. Because you don't end up in a private placement or, or, or somebody who's making money off of, off of placing you in products. You don't end up with that person managing your funds. We, we had one uh, strip mall advisor when somebody that listens to us went in with their parents and asked about 12B1 fees and they got offended and said, well, don't I deserve to get paid for my work? They, they tried to turn it around, go on the offensive. Well, of course you deserve to get paid, but not by pushing things to me when there's cheaper alternatives that might result in you not getting paid. You need to be, you need to be to act in my best interest, not you. Yeah, cheaper, better, and conflict-free. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you what. That, that, that was long. I want to get to Hunter. Um, but the, I, we don't have, when I say these are not opportunities, but the, a 2,000 doesn't come along every year, and we're in it. And, and right now, there's a bunch of people praying or hoping that crypto doesn't take 2,000 and make it 2,008. This isn't fear-mongering. I'm going to show you how to get over the fear-mongering, how to participate in markets real simplistically when, when, at the end of the show. Hunter, I, I like, if you have any more stocks, Hunter, you want to make a point of uh, that, that uh, from the it'll come back crowd, whatever bucket you have, I apologize if I cut you short. And then anything that you're watching uh, for current ideas. I'll just go straight to uh, kind of what I'm watching. I mean, the, sure. the reality is in this market, it doesn't matter if it's a metal and mining company. I mean, gold miners are down like 30% in the last month. It really doesn't matter what sector uh, or area of the market you're in. For the most part, it's probably been hit, and it's probably been hit harder than the indices. There's obviously exceptions, and that's what I'm about to show you. Um, so first two names here, Tim, LNTH, 
Lanthius. This is a name that's been on the 21 over 21. We've obviously, Don's talked about it in his videos. Uh, and I just want to point out, these are these next two charts I'm about to show you are two of the better looking charts out there in the market. So LNTH, the one thing that I don't love about this is that nasty down candle about five days ago. However, that was the first test of the 50. It closed below it and then got right back above it uh, since the big move up, that is. And now you have today, we're up 8%, obviously vastly outperforming the markets, showing some nice relative strength like it has been since that gap up uh, a couple of months ago. So LNTH, one of the better looking charts out there. And then another name, OLN. I like this one, technically speaking, a little bit more just because it doesn't have uh, that big nasty candle. This is a chemical company here. Also plays a role in uh, some ammunition products, but this is a pretty clean looking chart here. You had a gap up on earnings. Uh, nice volume as it made a push to new recent highs here and then pulled back on lighter volume and right back off the 21 above the ADMA today. So this is a pretty good looking chart. It's another one that's been showing relative strength uh, for the better part of the last two or three weeks or so. So OLN, LNTH, two of the better looking charts out there in the market. Uh, and then secondly here, I want to talk about two oil names with the X. Uh, so one that we own is uh, ExxonMobil, XOM. We own this in Grotection. Uh, you can see this one, same kind of thing, off the 50, back above the 21 and the 8 today. Uh, oil, crude oil itself, Tim, you can pull that up if you want to, slash CL. Uh, that is acting pretty well, too. We've been talking about this this week. Uh, that kind of bounced off that 100 level. It continues to keep this trend of making higher lows. Uh, and what we were looking for was a push up through 105 and then subsequently a push up towards 110. That's exactly what's happened. And oil stocks have reflected that. So the other oil name, Tim, is OXY. And this one has Buffett's backing. He recently acquired a position in this, evidenced by the huge volume on that run up to about the 60 level. And this one today, it is a volatile one, like a lot of these oil and gas uh, exploration and production companies are. But this is one of the best looking charts out there in oil space, along with Exxon. Uh, so I wanted to cover those two. And then last thing real, real quick here, because this is uh, really all I have. If you can pull up a chart of SPY, I just want to point out here. So we obviously the last couple of weeks have been atrocious, right? We went from like 430 on 5.4 all the way down to 385 in a matter of just, I don't know, a week and a half. Uh, but we are attempting to reclaim. Uh, a big level and for SPY that's basically about 400 for SPX that's about 4,000 but what I want to point out here is we are right up into that declining 8 EMA and we talk about levels a lot we talk about these moving averages a lot and what I want to basically highlight here is this is a, the, the first spot of resistance typically when you're at least on a very short to intermediate term when you're looking at a daily chart first test of that 8 EMA after not really being able to get back above it that's kind of the first thing we're looking at. Are these, how does the S&P, how do the Qs, how do they handle this? Are they able to you know, kind of digest it and ultimately get above it? Or do they get just shut down like they have been time and time again over the course of this year? So just something big to watch that's happening today. And we'll see it play out again on Monday, depending on how we close here. S&P and the Qs right up into that declining ADMA, kind of that first test of, okay, can this bounce have any type of legs to it? So. That's all I got today, man. Um, Don. Yeah, last week, because we uh, 
broadened what was acting well. I actually did a video called the Fab 40, not the 21 over 21, because the, we really don't let want me, to let me show give anybody the impression that. Um, let me show Don's video right here. So if you go to your asset and you just type in tomorrow's insights, like you can see all the videos um, that we produce. And then here's the Fab 40. Go ahead, Don. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure folks know where to find your work. It's actually called the Fab 40 because you, you did. Are they fabulous? Featuring the, the oh, 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 yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a Ron Burgundy uh, uh, thing. Good, you know, good, good they, they, put, they put a question mark at the end of, yeah, good evening, San Diego. <laughs> so <laughs> a question mark at the end of it, because are they really fabulous? There's a bunch of stocks in there that there's really no way, shape, or form that I would be buying. But it, the point of it was to show what's holding up, that they're defensive, sometimes defensive stocks. Like today, if you were in a bunch of defensive stocks, you're badly lagging market because this is a junk bounce today. Everything that has been beaten down is what's up. Lily's been a leader. It's red today. Walmart's right. been a leader. It's, it's red today. Uh, Merck has been a leader. It's red today. Um, so really what we're seeing is a junk bounce at this point. Hunter uh, brought up some good levels. I'll discuss those tonight. Uh, you know, when you watch uh, the videos, every Every uh, entry into the market in the morning, I'm, I'm looking for different resistance and support levels, and I'll talk about how we're doing against those resistance and support levels. The, the good news is we got through one, back-tested it, held it, got through another, back-tested and held it, and we're facing a, an even bigger resistance level. The fact that, this, that today is dominated by uh, junk stocks, it really just tells me that people that were short the junk are covering and it's uh that's what's dominating the green uh big up big up percentages today is is stocks that have been really beaten down awesome so, but it's a start we held we held at minus 20 percent for now and we're never going to predict we're never going to i'm not going to say oh we're going lower because of this that or the other we're going to follow the facts of the market wherever they lead us we recapture a level at a time we uh make progress in what we own we'll add more raise our stops as we go up um always managing risk first four box please zach this has been a super active show um not gonna lie to you i think the juxtaposition of having a tuxedo jacket on with the uh, tags still attached uh while criticizing a broker from new jersey um i'm pretty sure that is gonna that that that's a great look right yeah it's a good look don uh morgan stanley don't forget them we uh yeah yeah yeah. Talked about how wonderful they are. Yeah, protecting um, capital. Hunter and I were talking earlier before the show started, and uh, toughest market, Hunter, uh, you've ever uh, you've ever traded. And yeah, and, and since I so I graduated in college in 2018, I was investing through 2017, 2018. So through all the Trump tariffs, the crash into December, obviously COVID. I would say yes. The last the last six months have been the toughest market that I've traded in my professional career. Uh, just very hard to hold on to gains. A lot of volatility showing up in the indices. A lot of individual stocks absolutely decimated before it even showed up on the indices. So yeah, it's pretty tough. Yeah, uh, Don. Um, before we get to some other things here, um, any uh, any button on uh, pretty much the main topics of the show and state of the market before we do. A few yeah, when you when the corrections are great when you've got a sell strategy. We're we're just racking up what we call crisis alpha. At Revere, we got out at our levels where risk picked up. The market continued to go lower. Now we're going to be able to get back in from a much higher 
capital level uh, than anybody that wrote it down. Uh, and these corrections set the stage for the next rally. When you've got more money to put into the market, you compound higher than if you suffered through the 20% uh, pullback or worse, if you were heavy in NASDAQ and small growth. <clears throat> so I'm always optimistic during yeah. downtrends, uh, because we know the stage is being set for the next rally. It, it's going to be tremendous. And I think that's a really interesting, a really good point. Like we're not <clears throat> doom and gloom. Um, it's just that, uh, Don and I, especially, um, Danny's seen it too. Uh, we have some real personal, uh, dislike for people that do this to people because the people that are getting hurt are their loved ones. They're not just random strangers or your loved ones. And so if we can make it a point to a point when we see this egregiousness to, um, hopefully try to provide some light, uh, some strategy and some help. So here's what we're going to do. Don uh, is going to give us the, the very short outro. Don also might sound like Yosemite Sam on the back of a mud flap. I don't know. Then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to give you one last thing. Then Don has the secret thing that we do at the end of the show. If you listen all the way to the end, Stock Nerds and Market Lovers, you've heard Don do this for a number of weeks. And um, it's funny. And I feel like I need to do that. I feel like this show is going to be passed around to a bunch of people this week. And what you have to understand is throughout our, if you watch, if those of you who have been with us in the Big Ten understand that there's a lot of inside jokes that we share with you. We try to include people in the jokes um, as we go along and bring you into the Big Ten. Okay? So understand that there's a lot of stuff going on for our long-term listeners that we do to make this show fun and not, like listening to three hours of Peter Schiff tell you it's bad. So, uh, Don, um, why don't you give us the standard outro? <clears throat> All right, folks, if you like what you heard, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, send them to revereasset.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week on Your Money. Uh, real quick, um, limited fake Danny, how... how how would they get a hold of us? Like, what, what are the email addresses uh, and the phone number? You can email any of us, Don, Dan, Tim, Mural, or Hunter at revereasset.com. And uh, what is that phone number? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you'd God. think I'd know that off the Man. top of my head by now. When, 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 it, it, when it eludes me, when the phone number eludes me, I always go to 855 Real Wealth. Call us at 855 Real Wealth. That's, That's 855 732 5932. We're having a special. If you call now, you don't have to dial the LT or the 8 <laughs> on 855 Real Wealth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't want Danny to do the outro anymore when he does the phone number. We're having a special this week only. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Um, real quick, stock news market lovers. Listen, I did this in my uh, Wednesday video, our stock's about to crash video. Let me just show you this. I'm going to put it on SPX. I'm going to put it on a weekly chart. There is a way. Um, Don, Don talks, Don and Hunter are constantly giving you, I don't know about it, they're giving you a watch list. They're like, nothing we do on this show is intended for investment. This show is not advisement. This show is for instructional purposes only, okay? If you need advice, seek advice. You got to give us a call, 855 Real Wealth. But there's a way to do this where you can participate in markets and you can apply what I'm about to show you in any stock. And this is just but one facet of trying to be on the right side of the trade. 
it works both ways. And so, like, let's look at the COVID bottom here. And so, uh, on my chart, real quick, if you understand that the purple line is a five, and the green dotted line here is an eight. And when you see a five, this is a weekly chart. So this isn't day trading. This isn't um, uh, intraday. You know, this isn't short term. This is a freaking weekly chart. If that's too short for you, I applaud you to go to a month. Um, when the five, when the shorter time frame crosses above the eight, five week above the eight week, price momentum is on your side, and you can see what happens. The five doesn't, it, it lines up with, it doesn't cross below the eight again on the weekly chart till it doesn't cross there. It's right up in here, all the way at 42.62. You can do what I just did with any stock. When the five-period exponential moving average crosses above the eight. Now, to the brokers watching in XYZ state that, are, that have been sent this video and are lamenting that who's the huckster and the jokester and uh, the serious kid with, um, with uh, uh, the, the suit jacket on with the labels, and, and I know the juxtaposition, and they're going to cry that this is too simplistic. This doesn't work. Well, here's what I encourage you to do. Get any chart, any chart, put it on a weekly time frame, and then buy, theoretically, because this isn't advice, you buy when the five-period moving average exponential crosses above the eight, and then you sell when the five-period moving average crosses back below the eight. And what you're doing then is you're taking advantage of, you see, you're getting rid of the gristle of the market. Like when you go to the, the, the Ponderosa State, do they sell Ponderosa Steakhouses, Don? Ponderosa? Anyone remember Ponderosa? No, I don't think so. No, they're gone? Okay. So when you go to the Ground Round, the Ponderosa, the York Steakhouse, um, yeah, I don't think ground rounds are around either. Man, taking all the all the good things. Um, saw on Twitter that was trending the other day. Pizza huts are gone. All the are there any dining pizza huts left? I don't know. Maybe maybe independent franchise might have a couple tables or something, but nothing yeah. like they used to be. So five period above the eight, and what you're doing is you're 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 not worried about this, and you're going to get the filet mignon of the move, and then when the market gets and let's pretend that the five cross back below the eight here. You know what you just did? You incorporated the sell discipline. You limited your risk. Well, what if it goes back higher, Tim? You know what you do? You put if the five crosses back below the eight, you get back in. And, and you'll see over time, it doesn't happen that often on a weekly chart. You'll get the meat of a move if there is to be one, and you'll limit your downside. And brokers, if you have any questions about that, may I ask you to call 855-REAL-WELL. We'll, we'll, we'll set you free. Uh, I'll tell you what. Um, limited fake Don, take us home. Limited fake Danny, take us home. I thought I already did. No, you got to say we'll see you. Go, we'll see you next week on your money. One oh, more. Yeah, right. yeah. And then, yeah. We'll yeah. see you next week on your money. Barring any extrogenous events. <laughs>